You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning, buenos dias. Welcome to the Metro region of the Los Angeles International Church of Christ. Great to have you with us. Welcome to church. Good to have you. Greetings to all our family here in the metro region, all the friends of our family, all our family and friends up in the San Francisco area and wherever you're watching from. Great to have you with us. Great to, to have you join us in this time to study the word and the time that we take every week to dig into scriptures and learn, open up our hearts, open up our minds to be transformed. We have been doing a series on uh, stories that Jesus told and it's an incredible series. I love this because we learned so much about Jesus and how he thought and what was his, his priorities and how we're instructed to think and be through these parables. Of course, the, the, the parable is, as I've said many times, it's, it is a physical story to help us, help us understand a spiritual point or a spiritual principle that we need to know in our lives. And today we've got a, a great parable. We're still in Matthew 13. We've been spending a lot of time in Matthew 13. We studied the parable of the sower. This actually follows right after that. This is the parable of the wheat and the weeds. And so we'll go ahead and turn to Matthew 13 and uh, let's say a prayer and then we'll jump right on in. Let's pray. God in heaven, we thank you so much for your love for us, for your gift to us of the Bible. Your gift of recorded messages that Jesus taught us, that you would have us know, that you would have us understand for this invitation that you've given us, God, to know your will, to walk with you, to be with you. We are, God, so grateful, Father, for for this word, for the scriptures. Help us now, God, to humble ourselves before you and to listen to your word and hear whatever you are trying to tell us. In, in these scriptures that we read, God, help us to be humble enough to be transformed, to be changed. Help us to understand the things we need to understand, to see the things that we need to see. And uh, please bless this time of study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to jump right in. The parable of the weeds. Um, the parable of the weeds. The wheat and the weeds. Uh, a very short parable, just like the last one, not very long, um, but power packed. There's so much there. Like all the parables, there's just so much to learn from these books. And um, uh, we'll go ahead and just jump right on in verse 24 and start reading. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field, in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds, the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servant asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you, might, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvester, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Okay, very simple story loaded with meaning for us. Loaded for things for us to understand and learn about our Christianity, about ourselves, our own relationship with God and where we're at spiritually and where we need to be and what we're invited to and how to think 
in this world, especially now with all the challenges that we face. So we have this classic farmer story, you know, and, and he's sowing his wheat, he's, he's scattering his good seed, and, and then what happens? In the middle of the night, the enemy comes and scatters bad seed. You know, he scatters these weeds. And, and, and this was a practice that was not unknown to the listeners. This was known as something that an enemy would do. In fact, somebody who was out to seek vengeance or to attack or to ruin your life would do something like this, would go and sow the scatter this weeds, these weeds among the wheat, which, uh, which could be disastrous for a family, but both, both economically by destroying their crop or even health wise by what these weeds could do to them in terms of their bodies and their health and their eating and what they eat. And so it was a, it was a horrible thing to do to somebody. It could ruin somebody. But that is the kind of thing an enemy would do. And so when people heard this, they knew how bad that was. They knew how, how difficult a problem this would be. And part of it's because, because wheat and tares essentially look identical when they're growing. I mean, there's very little difference. You could see in the picture here that they, they pretty much look the same. And, and tares can, can grow among wheat. You can tell there's a difference, but it's difficult. And especially once it's growing, the roots are all spreading and they're firmly established. And that was the owner's concern that if you pull up the weeds, the tares, you're going to also pull up the wheat, which is important. They get entangled in there. The roots get all tangled together and it could be a very destructive process pulling them out. Right. So, so, but if you stick around till the harvest time, there's, there becomes a known difference or a visible difference becomes clear. As much as they look alike, there is a difference. And, and somebody who works with wheat would be able to spot a tear and know that that doesn't belong there and be able to go through and pull up the tears. And, and, and part of the reason it's so important that they all be pulled out and they all be dealt with is because they are poisonous. And they could poison your family. They could poison your children. They could, they, they could, they could end a life even. So this was really a deadly, horrible thing to do to somebody. But it is the kind of thing that an enemy absolutely would do to somebody else. Now we have something really interesting happening here where Jesus comes back and he explains it. Just like he did with the parable of the sower. Most of the time he doesn't explain these parables. It's, it's for us to figure it out. It's to be discerned, discerned, discerned spiritually. It's to be meditated on and figured out. But every once in a while, it's like Jesus gives a little cheat sheet. It just tells us, okay, here's what I mean by that. And that's what he did with this parable. And verse 36 says, Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The son of man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. 
Okay, he always ends these parables with that statement. If you have ears, listen up. Listen up. Make sure you're hearing what God is telling you. Make sure you hear what he's trying to communicate to you. And that's really important. These parables that we're studying, I mean, they're great little stories, but they're not just little stories. There's something they're communicating. They're God communicating with us, trying to help us understand things so that we can have the life that we, that he has promised us so that we can have the blessings that he wants for us so that we can have a future filled with hope and a great future and that we can have all the promises realized in our lives. But we've got to really listen and we've got to really put the energy and, and, and put the effort into, into understanding what these things mean for us. What changes does that call for? What does it call me to rise up to? What, what, what do I need to aspire? How is God trying to transform my heart or my mind? Which requires a level of humility to allow that to happen, right? He had just told the parable of the sower how most people will not listen and the word of God will not get in their hearts. It will bounce off. It will get choked out by worry and fear. It will not have roots. But there are the ones that do listen. And it literally, in the Greek, it says they put it all together. They simmer on, they, they put things together, and they get it. And that only happens when we're really listening, and we're really trying to, to, to understand what we've been taught. So he breaks it down for us. We don't have to figure out what it, what is, what is what stand for, right? He, he breaks it down. The sower is the Messiah, the Son of Man, the Son of God, Jesus, right? The field is the world, okay? It's not just the church, it's the whole world. The, the, the good seed is the people of the kingdom, the people of God's kingdom, the people that, as Reese taught last week, that live under the rule, the reign of God, right? And the weeds are the people that are used by the evil one. You know, just like God uses people to bless, to, to speak truth, to illuminate, to light up, to bring about his salvation, to rescue. He uses people. He's always used people to do that. So does Satan. Satan also uses people and he doesn't use their faith and their love and their unity. He uses their fear and their doubt and their anger and their, and, and, and bitterness. And he uses all those and he works through them. Of course. And then we have the enemy, which is the devil, right? This we, it's Satan himself is, is the enemy who sows to destroy constantly sowing to destroy you might say, well, why, why are we focusing on all these parables? Well, first of all, we're going through all the major parables. We're not picking out any necessarily certain ones, but, but there are some that stand out as incredibly important today. And we'll talk about that. Why are these parables so important today and in these times? Because Satan is absolutely at work on us and absolutely trying to sow bad things into us and into our hearts and into our fellowship and into our church. And then, of course, the harvest is the end, right? The end times, the judgment. When Jesus returns and the angels gather everybody, and they are the harvesters. The angels are going to play a key role at the end of everything. And nobody's going to be wondering what an angel looks like, because we're all going to see him, and we'll know exactly what it all looks like. And all this is going to happen. It's not just, it's not purely metaphors. It's, it's what he's trying to help us to understand how this will happen. The metaphor is the sower and the land and the field and the wheat and the, all that but all that is pointing to what is actually going to happen some day right so we're clearly called in this parable do not judge before the appointed time right that's what jesus taught he taught this earlier same gospel same same area right he taught on the sermon on the mountain we're not to judge before the appointed time you gotta wait till the right time 
God will separate good from evil. God will, will separate the, the, those who are doing the devil's work from those who are doing God's work. Don't jump the gun on that. We tend to. We want to do that. We worry. You know, the, the workers came to the, to the Lord, to the owner of the field and said, do you want us to pull them out? You want us to, you know, this is, the, the, we, we all have that reaction, right? What? There's somebody doing bad. There's somebody not doing what they should do. Expose them. Expel them. You know, um, and, and not that that's always wrong. There's a time and a place when somebody affects everybody negatively that they just need to go. But for the most part, what God is calling us and trying to get us to do is don't fall in the trap of judging each other. Love one another. Don't worry. God will separate. God will expose. Nobody's getting away with anything. We are called to have a good judgment, but that doesn't mean we need to walk around being judgmental. That doesn't mean we need to walk around labeling each other. And and there's so much in our world right now, so much judgment being handed out. So many opinions that are condemning other people that are different or think different or view things different. And, and that's just, that is such an incredible, strong influence right now in our world. You see it in, at all levels. We keep talking about, I don't want to keep talking about the world, but we have to understand that the world is pressing in on us, right? And so it's, it's becoming very difficult sometimes to just easily recognize right from wrong. And, and for Christians, it's been a difficult year and a half as, as so many opinions and so much has happened and, and in our world and so many different divisions, right? So how do we know what's right? Well, Matthew 12 verse 33 says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Okay, he, he gives us a principle to help us guide along in this life. You know, that, that, that we don't necessarily need to walk around judging each other, but we can have good judgment. We can know, okay, you know something by its fruit. What does the life or what does this teaching produce? Right? And, 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 and he says, he says, out of the mouth, <laughs> the heart speaks, right? He says, what, right, he just tells you right what comes out of the mouth. Is, is it love? Is it joy? Is it wisdom? Is it caring? Is it patience? Is it kindness? What are the things that are coming out of a person's mouth? Or is it anger, resentment, bitterness, uh, fear? You know, what, what's coming out? That's what shows you what's happening in the heart. Language is a huge part of this. A huge part of showing us what's happening. That's basically what Jesus was telling them to help them out. You know, listen to what a person is saying. Listen to what they're talking about. Listen to how they talk. Listen to, to what they talk about. What's on their minds. What's on their hearts. It all comes out in their language. It all comes out in their dialogue. And there are times where I've caught myself being negative and, and had to stop and say, okay, what is wrong with you? i got to stop this. Because this is not healthy. This is not good. This is not conducive to love and harmony and unity and devotion to one another and devotion to God. This is not edify. This is not build up. He also says in Luke chapter 6 verse 43, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Okay, so 
So another way he's, he's, he's helping us is along the same lines of, of what comes out of our mouth shows what's going on. Is it negativity? Is it criticalness? Is it ugliness? Is it, is it faithlessness? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it, or is it not that we don't all struggle with those things? We all do, but we cannot allow those things to take over our heart. That's why we've got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. That's why the spirit of God is so important that we're having not just quiet times once in a while or, or, or for 20 minutes a day or something, but that we are walking with God. Because the Spirit of the Lord has to override those impulses. It has to overcome all the junk that's getting fed to us. You know, we live in in the age of communication, literally, where our phones are constantly flooding us with information. Much of that information negative, much of that information ugly stuff, much of that information that will cause worry and fear and doubt. And we turn it on the TV, we have it on our computers, we have it on the play game, on games. We just, we're surrounded, we're inundated with negativity. And we have to fill ourselves up with the spirit of God, whatever's good, whatever's noble, whatever's pleasing, whatever edifies, whatever builds up. Those are the things that we've got to fill up our hearts with. And, and, and make sure that we're protecting ourselves, right? Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. I mean, nobody's going to stop you. You're not going to be, oh, bro, you're just way too loving. You got way too much joy. You know what? You're, you're way over the board on peace. You need to get anxious and uptight and up and angry about these things. You know, you need to be impatient and demand something. You need to be, you need to, you need to just, you know, lay into that person. It, it's, it's not what the spirit brings. What the spirit brings is love, is joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness. These are the things that should be coming out of our Christian life. These are the things that a good tree is known for because this is the good fruit it bears. This is what needs to come out of our mouths. This is what needs to come out of our lives. This should be the impact we have on others. Does that mean we never get mad or we never get righteous indignation? There is a time and a place for that, but it should definitely not be our way of life. It is definitely not the theme or the focus of Jesus' ministry. It's definitely not what he was known for. I mean, people that were in sin love being around Jesus. That's how loving he was. People that had messed up love being around him. Only Jesus could love a church that is so full of sin and problems and weaknesses and issues. Only Jesus could love a world that is so rebellious and so so against all that is good and right and so self-destructive. And that Jesus love, that love that we get from God, that love that we get from Jesus is what we're supposed to fill up with. What we're supposed to fill our hearts with. That's the good seed. That's the, that's the good wheat, right? We have to be careful. First Peter 5, 8 says, be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Satan is trying to destroy us. The devil wants to destroy you, your family, your, your, your friends, your Bible talk, your, your region, the church, Christianity in general. In 2 Timothy 2, he says, 
verse 25, opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. I love this scripture because, well, what if my brother who I love so much thinks very differently and thinks things that I don't agree with at all? Well, he says, instruct them gently and pray. Pray that they will be granted repentance and pray that they'll come around and not get caught by the trap of the devil. And then who knows, you might find out that you're the one that was trapped, you know, but, but if we're patient and we love each other and we're hanging in there with one another, we can, we can get through this by the help of God, by the focus of the spirit of God, by walking with the spirit. We cannot do it by ourselves. We cannot do it by once in a while reading our Bibles and praying once in a while or once, even once a day. It will only happen as we fill ourselves up with the Spirit of God, with the Word of God, with the knowledge of God, in prayer. I mean, this, this is fighting time. This is the battle. This is, this is the struggle that the world is in right now and that the whole church is in right now. All around the world, we're under an assault from hostile atheism, influence of Eastern mysticism, humanism, political philosophies and agendas, false doctrines, social pressure, materialism, fear and reactionism, corporate greed, marketing messages, social trends, influence of sin, pride, our own pride, our own arrogance, our own narcissism, the pride, the arrogance and narcissism of others. I mean, it's an all out attack that is happening against the church right now. And if you're not aware of that, then you're probably asleep. You need to wake up because we're all being attacked. And Satan would love nothing more than to destroy us, our children, our grandchildren, our families, and our lives. He said, well, Roberto, Robert, why the alarm? Why are you so an alarmist? You know, because I see it. I see it all over the world. I see how global Christianity is under an onslaught right now. It is dramatically decreasing around the world. The church in general, whatever Jesus defines as the church, is under attack. The International Churches of Christ, the Los Angeles International Church of Christ, the metro region, you and me, are all under assault, under this assault. And we have to be aware of that. God is, calls us to be aware of that, to be, to be alert that the enemy is after us, right? Every Sunday in America, 700 churches close their doors never to re, never to reopen. That's according to the Barna Institute who tracks all these things and keeps stats on everything. They are very aware. You want to see a bunch of scary stats, look up at the Barna Institute online and they have all kinds of stats of how Christianity is declining. It is rapidly declining. This is the decline of religion in America in the last 16 years or 60 years, how much it has fallen. This is from religion news services. And here's the thing, Christianity is once again becoming a countercultural, radical, marginalized minority religion. It's no longer the dominant influence. It's no longer the established religion. And, and much of what is established really has very little resemblance to Christianity, to discipleship. You know, even most of, we all know, most of what people call Christianity is, has nothing to do with discipleship. It has nothing to do with being disciples. It has much to do with just be, belonging to a group, you know, and not with following Jesus. And, and that's, that's that falsehood. That's that deceit that Satan is sowing. That's the bad, the bad weed that is, is affecting things and contaminating things and looks so much like the wheat that it's sometimes very difficult to distinguish the two. 
So the message of this parable, it's very simple. Trust God. He knows. Don't jump the gun on, on judgment. Don't judge each other. Be careful. Be careful. You know, there are some people that look really bad and will end up turning in their lives and becoming really great. There are some people that look really great and they're going to end up turning and becoming horrible. We've seen it happen. If you've been around the church very long, you've seen that happen. There are people that are faking, pretending, living a double life, and at some point they're going to get exposed. God doesn't miss a thing. He will expose everything. Everything will be laid bare before him who, who, who will judge us someday, right? Everything will. You know, and there are some people that are so far from God today and they're going to end up walking heroes of God in the Lord in the future. So we, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We know where we're at today and we know that our job is to love one another. Our job is not to judge and condemn. Our job is to love and be devoted to each other. That is being tested big time right now. And Satan's after us. We know that. The devil's after us. And it's not that we're paranoid or we need to live in paranoia, but we need to be aware. That's what all God is saying, that there is an enemy. That's what the parable is saying. The enemy is here and he's working on us. God is not fooled. That should give us comfort. God's not deceived by it. He knows what's going on. He sees everything and he will judge everything at the appointed time and in the right way. And, the, and here's the thing is, we all face judgment. All of us do. Someday all of us will stand before the Lord. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed for men to die once, but after this, judgment. Right? After this, we all stand at the judgment seat of God. What we are called to is to be wheat. Be the people of the kingdom. Be the people of God. Reese just did a series on being the church. That's what that means. He's doing series now on attributes of the kingdom of God. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be that, to be the wheat that gives life, that makes bread, that, that is Jesus, that is, that is Jesus in this world, that can shine in this world, that can be a light to this world, that can show love in the face of all this anger and hatred and bitterness and division, that can, that can be devoted, that can be faithful to the end, that can, that can not quit on each other, that can not quit on God, that can not quit on, on, on righteousness or goodness or, or any of those things. That hangs in there and just be the wheat. Be the instrument of God. Be what Jesus is doing in this world. Be part of that, right? He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Remember the third heart was choked out because of worrying. It was choked out because of worrying. Don't let that happen to you. That's what he's saying. You focus on God. If God can take care of the sparrows, he can take care of you. Are you not worth much more than a sparrow? Are you not worth much more than many things that do not worry, do not fret, do not fear? They just live in God's hands. And that needs to be us. We just trust him. What is is our charge? To seek first the kingdom. 
Seek growing in knowledge of God. Seek loving one another. Seek loving God deeper and better. We're going to be starting a series on spiritual exercise, spiritual practices that help build up our relationship with God. I know that some of us were trying, we don't know, how do I get closer to God? How do I, how do I bond more with God? How do I fill up with the Spirit? We're going to be, we're going to be doing some series that are really going to help with that, that I'm super excited about. But, but that's our calling is to be God's people, be his ambassadors, be his, his examples, be the light in this world, right? We judge by what we see. That's true. But only God can see the heart. And that's true. What are we commanded to do? Love one another. Be patient with each other. Bear each other's burdens. Build up each other. Edify one another. Serve one another. Give to each other. That's what we're called to do. Not to judge one another. Not to look down on each other. Not to condemn one another. But to be there for each other. That's our calling. Does that mean that we don't need to distinguish right and wrong? Oh no, we absolutely do. And there are many things that are obvious. But it's not our business to judge. It's not our business, definitely, to condemn. I want to close out with this story of a bag of nuts. A bag or a basket of nuts. And I want to tell you this little story. So two boys collected a basket of nuts underneath a great tree inside a cemetery on the outskirts of town. When this basket was full, they sat down out of sight to divide the spoils. One for you, one for me. One for you, one for me, said the one boy, as the other watched intently. Their basket was so full that some of the nuts had actually spilled out and rolled down towards the fence. It was dusk, and another boy came riding along the fence on the other side of the fence. He was riding his bicycle. And as he passed by, he thought he heard some voices from inside the cemetery. He slowed down to investigate. Sure enough, sure enough, he heard, one for you, one for me. One for you, one for me. The boy with his bike knew just what was happening, and his face went ghostly white. Oh my, he shuddered. It's Satan and the Lord dividing souls at the cemetery. He jumped on his bike and rode off desperately looking for a friend to help him. Just around the bend, he ran into an old man, a scowling old man who hobbled along with a cane, hobbled along with a cane. Come with me quick, said the little boy. You know, you won't believe what I just heard. Satan and the Lord are down at the cemetery dividing up the souls. The man said, beat it, kid. Can't you see it's hard for me to walk? When the boy insisted, though, the man hobbled down to the cemetery. Then he arrived at the fence, and sure enough, he heard it. One for you, one for me. One for you, one for me. And ready to have a little fun, the old man whispered, Boy, you've been telling the truth. Let's go inside and see if we can see the devil himself. The child was horrified, but the old man was already taking his first steps toward the gate. Then they heard, okay, that's the last of them. That's all. Now let's go down to the fence and get those two nuts by the fence and we'll be done. They say the old man ran back to town so fast he got there five minutes before the boy did. There's a lot of things we don't understand about judgment. There's a lot of things we don't understand about what's going on. So Jesus told these parables to help us get it, to help us understand. We don't need to worry about the world. We don't. And I know it's hard not to. We need to trust God. We need to find our peace in God. 
We need to find our love. If we lack peace, it's, it's not because the world is doing stuff to us. That might be what caused it or triggered it. But if we lack peace, it's because we lack God. It's because we don't have enough God in us. If we're overpowered by anger or anxiousness, then it's a lack of the Spirit of God. And what we need is to drink deeper from God's Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit and to let the Spirit overcome our hearts and our minds. To let the Spirit guide us along. To let His Word, the Bible, guide us in our thoughts and in our feelings. To follow, to fix our eyes on Jesus. And trust God. And love God. And be the people of God. And love each other. And be the people devoted to one another. We're part of something so exciting, building God's kingdom in this world that is so far from God, in this world that knows nothing about God, in this world that's so full of lies and and greed and, 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 and hatred and fear and all this garbage that's just destroying everything. To be the people who shine, who trust that God will figure it out, I have my part. I have my marching orders. Our calling is not to judge, but to have good judgment. Not to judge, but rather to love. That's what Jesus said we should be known for. That's what Jesus said all men will know that we are his disciples because of our love. Our love for God and our love for each other. That's what really matters. That's real Christianity. That's true Christianity that our world desperately needs. God is doing something really exciting. God is doing something amazing in the midst of all the chaos of our world. He's purifying the church. He's purifying us. And not everybody's going to get there. But if we choose to stay close to God, to fill our hearts with Him, to keep our eyes on Jesus, and fill our hearts and minds with the Spirit of God, with the Word of God, We get to be part of something incredible. The love, the light, the truth, the gospel of Jesus, the kingdom of God. God bless you and buen camino. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com. 